The insurance industry has struggled for a long time to stay profitable. Loss ratios have remained stubbornly high, especially among property and casualty insurers who battle escalating and increasingly violent incidents of climate change. And then came the pandemic, which has proven to be another major disruptor. Yet at the same time, when historians of technology look back, they may say that the coronavirus was the catalyst to radically accelerate change across industries of all stripes. That rapid acceleration has been playing out within the insurance industry in dramatic fashion. Insurance carriers, their partners, the MGAs, as well as brokers and agents have all been swept up by a sea change of technology spurred on by a global virus. Hello, I'm Chris Henry, and this is Ahead of the Curve, produced by Gerent, a leading Salesforce implementation partner. Today, we feature an interview with Doug Stitzer, the Global Director for Insurance Industry Advisors at Salesforce. Doug has nearly 20 years of liability insurance experience, which he brings to his role. The recent Salesforce acquisition of Velocity is adding tremendous muscle to Salesforce Industries and its technology platform for the insurance industry. Consequently, insurers finally have the tools at hand to drive up revenue and profitability without incurring rising costs at the same time. Breakthroughs are being made across the entire insurance chain, but especially where accelerated underwriting is concerned. So my first question to Doug was what he saw as the key challenges facing underwriters in the PNC segment today. I think what's interesting, Chris, about that question is that if you had asked me that pre-COVID, it probably would have been different. Here we are emerging in a post-COVID world. People are starting to think about what does new normal look like? And I think underwriters are seeing some new challenges. One of them is that ability to rely on their neighbor for deep specialization. You know, I, I think you talk to a lot of folks that live in underwriting shops and it was very normal to have, you know, a buddy, a partner, a mentor, somebody that you would be connected to that would show you the ropes and you would become very specialized in a particular um, market or niche. And you would learn the ins and outs of what your carrier did. And that ability now to to sit with somebody in their cube, watch what they're doing, to, to mine that data real time as they're working has just changed dramatically. Uh, so that's one. I think the other two, being at home and having that challenge, you know, you picture that, that cube back in a traditional office of multiple monitors and people swiveling in their chairs and being, you know, hunters and gatherers of information. Uh, it, it's a little bit more challenging. And so, what that does for number three, and I think it really is an opportunity, is it's challenging underwriters today to think about what motivates them when they get up every day and if they like where they're working. And uh, the opportunity side of that challenge coin is that now more than ever before, I think companies, especially insurance carriers and MGAs, are open to folks working from home. Whereas in a pre-COVID world, it was, no, you've got to come into the, the main hub every day. Now folks are going to be able to work from their desk. And so I think everyone's taking a step back and, and asking themselves, what does success, what is contentment, what does motivation look like for underwriters in this new world? 
Well, you, you've painted a picture of an industry that has been uh, dramatically affected by the uh, coronavirus as as virtually every other industry has. Is it fair to say then that the progress that insurers are making with, with underwriting automation in particular has really ramped up uh, as opposed to prior to the, uh, the virus? Yeah, for sure. I think if there was one word that I could use to paint the industry with a broad brush um, in terms of that investment, it would be accelerated. That would be the, the word the day. And I think, again, in a, in a pre-COVID world, I think underwriters were doing a tremendous job of keeping the lights on and it was good enough. And so the investments that we did see being made in automation and in digitization were happening more for uh, the actual policyholder. And you would, you would see some of the, the bigger personal lines logos investing in mobile experiences and shorter apps. And now, here in the Salesforce ecosystem, we're seeing folks invest in middle and back office like never before. And some of those underwriters do have some front office aspects to their roles. A lot of times, especially in the commercial space, they're the face of the carrier out to the independent agents. But yeah, I think everybody sees underwriting is kind of that last frontier for automation that could bring tremendous lift to the business if the right investment is there. And so it is the number one topic in terms of automation within insurance right now. So uh, on the flip side, then, what what do you think is at stake for those insurers who, you know, have not yet started to embark on on the digital transformation journey? Well, I, I think it, you know, there's an old saying, and it's a little bit cliched that high tide raises all ships. If, if a carrier is going to make significant investment in underwriting automation, it's an experience that doesn't just benefit them. It's going to be felt by the policyholders and by the agents that, that service that business as well. If there's an insurer that does not embark on this journey, I think a couple of things are going to happen. Number one, they're going to gain a reputation as being more difficult to do business with. Two, uh, they're going to have a, a talent retention issue. People want to go to work every day where their gifts are being used. And if they're not, um, they're going to switch. Again, in a, in a post-COVID world, I think people are realizing they didn't walk down the aisle with their employer. And therefore, they've got opportunity. So those that do invest in experiences where underwriters are using their gifts, and have tools that they enjoy using are gonna attract the best talent. All of those things together, like I said, are gonna either impact positively or negatively the, the broker or the policyholder experience and ensure that doesn't embark on that journey is just gonna get left behind. They're, they're gonna find their book shrinking very quickly. When um, you know folks in the industry think of underwriting automation, you know it, it, it means different things to different people, but by and large, I think many would focus on standard risk underwriting where, yeah, you know, it's the stuff they see every day. But uh, I mean, how much automation can be applied to those processes that are not capable of of a straight through processing? Surprisingly, quite a bit. I think a lot of times when people think automation, for whatever reason, their minds, Chris, often go to the most painful process within insurance, which is new business submissions. And I caution carriers about that. Um, for me, the easier place to start would be with retention. The number one customer that you want to protect isn't that one that's sitting in that pile of 200 in your new business inbox. It's your current customer. 
there's nothing that should be easier than keeping them. So when I hear carriers investing in their automation or data, third parties that plug into new business processes, I ask them to take a step back and just look at what they have in their hand because they have a lot of great information, um, whether it's the policy uh, data, whether it's other service interactions, risk management consultations, there's a treasure trove of data that exists there for retention. And so being able to automate portions of those processes to put more renewal business on straight through processing is often a really, really good starting spot. And then from there, it's about having a simple goal. Um, there's a lot of carriers and even agencies that I talk to that say, look, we just we know that we can't have a process completely straight through, but we don't want to enter a, date, a piece of data more than one time. So when it comes in, however it comes in, once we've entered it, it shouldn't have to be rekeyed unless we know that it was done in error or the customer or the agent makes a change in a particular policy or coverage that they want that, that, that forces an update to that entry, but we shouldn't have to enter it. And there's other ways too that people can complement data collection so that it's less onerous for the policyholder or for the agent. So it's, it's chipping away at little things like that. It's about bringing OCR and robotic process automation to intake so that less people sitting potentially offshore have to sit there in front of monitors rekeying data. All of those things take time in a manual process and being able to condense that down into, to your point, to something that still isn't straight through process, but brings automation to those high volume and manual tasks is something that everybody feels um, across that spectrum and ultimately shaves a ton of time off of the experience that the broker and the agent uh, or the policyholder feels. And that's a really big deal. I think what, you, what you're basically saying is, you know, by, by reducing the touch points, um, it speeds up and streamlines the whole process, particularly, um, and, and this is where we see the benefits of the technology going beyond the carriers, but particularly amongst the MGAs. Uh, and the wholesalers, for that matter, who who have interconnected systems with the carriers, you know, streamlining those systems means that the entire insurance chain uh, is strengthened, doesn't it? That's exactly right. You know, again, back to your point about whether something is straight through process or it's not, lots of pieces of business within insurance will continue to require a human touch, will continue to require analysis. And that's okay. As long as you're focusing that energy on high value tasks and things that do truly require some art along with the science. And if people are focused there, I think they're going to be really excited to continue to come to work every day. Um, being able to automate the rest of it is where every leader wants to go right now. So let's let's say an insurer has done that. They've taken this the first step in underwriting automation. What would be some of the the immediate benefits and what would be some of the longer term benefits that they could feasibly expect to see? I think the, the immediate benefits are capacity. It's, it's gaining time. And then what do you do with that time? You know, part of that is simply improving turnaround times versus industry norms and being able to say, we take care of you. Being, you know, when you look through the policyholder lens, people want something that's affordable, they want value, but they also want speed and accuracy. Yes. And when something isn't fast, it communicates something. Uh, so I think having just an improved turnaround time builds broker loyalty. Brokers want things fast too. They don't want to have to have a ton of back and forth. 
between the policyholder and the carrier. So if we can mitigate that, we can cut out some time. Everybody feels that. So I think it it breeds an emotional response that is loyal. It's loyal from the underwriter standpoint as well. But then the, the conversation shifts in the near term to, all right, well, what am I going to do with that extra capacity? Maybe the answer is nothing. We're just going to have improved turnaround times across the board and just serve our existing agents and our clients that much better. A lot of times it's, okay, well, where can we grow? Where can we take on um, a new product, a new geo? Where can we add more agent relationships because of this extra capacity? And then you ask about long-term. Long-term means as a carrier, if I want to grow, and again, there could be many avenues for that growth, the old model is throwing bodies at it. That's the answer, especially when you've got an underwriting process that doesn't contain any automation. And so with that, the long-term is, okay, now I can actually grow at scale. What does that mean? It means I can maintain a certain service level expectation. I can grow my book, I can grow my footprint, and I can do it at a flat or reduced expense ratio. That is every carrier's dream, because as everybody knows, that comp and bend that comes along with every single person that you hire on, uh, especially in underwriting, is a really expensive investment. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you can keep your current workforce and grow without throwing more bodies at it, um, you're going to have a competitive advantage against every other carrier. While automated underwriting, straight-through processing, and streamlined operations are enormously beneficial for carriers and MGAs, we can't forget that the point of it all is the customer experience, whether that's the policyholder, the broker, or the agent. So does automated underwriting really transform the customer experience? I think it does. And I I think it, you know, whether your customer is the policyholder or the agent, I think both benefit, and and here's why. The foundation to automated underwriting is data and process. It assumes that you've got good data, you've got the right data at the right time, but it's also going to challenge carriers to inspect their processes. And investing in a a shiny box with a a cool logo on it that, that brings some automation in and of itself isn't going to change things at a carrier. There really is going to have to be a hard look at What's the order we do stuff in? Are all of these tasks value added? Are all these data points that I collect value added? At the end of the day, if I've built something that provides automated underwriting, it also implies that I can offer transparency and visibility back to the agent and the policyholder about where things are at in the underwriting journey. And that gives, to your point about retention, Chris, a sense of personalization. A sense that, you know, when when you can see into a process and know how things are moving along and who's got it, who's taking care of you, there's a good feeling that comes along with that. Again, it goes back to that that loyalty. If the underwriter needs to engage you, maybe they got a question about a certain, uh, you know, question on the app that was answered a certain way. Maybe there's additional information that they need. Now it's much more collaborative. When you're connected, when the, the process is transparent, I think it completely transforms the customer experience, again, whether that customer is the, the policyholder or the, or the agent. Every business in every industry today understands one clear point. The customer expects to be able to interact with a business across multiple channels, whether it's website, mobile via text, emails, or an old-fashioned phone call to customer service. 
So how can an insurance company consolidate and standardize intake from all these different channels? That's a, that's a hard one for a lot of carriers. A lot of times when you, you look under the hood, you see that omni-channel intake in a sense has been achieved. Unfortunately, the definition of it is, you know, multiple portals, many, many email inboxes, phone, fax, person-specific email. And so there's a lot of different intake. The problem is it's not aggregated and it's not standardized and people can't tell you what they're working on and when they're working on it and what that prioritization is. So one of the biggest things that Salesforce offers, there's some great things that are coming out here this summer around OCR. There's already partners that we have in our ecosystem that offer robotic process automation. And then the other big thing that just Salesforce core does a really good job with is aggregation. And so even if you do have technically, I'm making up numbers here, Chris, but you know, 10 channels for intake, being able to bring those together so that you know across your distribution partners, across your lines of business, your different product types, who's reaching out to you? What is it that they need? Where are they? And how is that work getting routed is a view that every insurance leader should have of their teams and of their business. And those strategic views, as well as those tactical views of just people that need to go in and play block and tackle with some of that work um, is something that our core offers. Once you've got the, uh, the application coming in the door, what do you do with it? How do you triage it? How do you root it? Is the key to, to that triaging and rooting and doing it effectively, the ability to assess risk accurately at the intake stage? Well, there's a number of factors, and that's certainly one of them. Um, you know, once you've identified the who are you, where did you come from, what do you need, it's well, who should you go to, and what's the priority? Um, you know, a submission that has an effective date four months from now is not as urgent as one that's due four days from now. And and who should it go to? There's increasingly with carriers a model where the very best agents have dedicated underwriters. Um, so being able to triage that. What's your appetite for the risk? I'm seeing some more advanced uh, carriers as a function of that triage, Chris, are actually building in some rules to try and get to know as quickly as possible. This is especially true on the commercial line side, where it's very normal for the same business to be submitted year after year. Well, if I'm a carrier and I've seen the same piece of business submitted to me for five years and I know I don't want to write it, the last thing I need to do is put that into an underwriter's inbox and make that one more thing that he or she needs to look at. Mm -hmm. So being able to get to know so that I've got the right people working on the right work, the work that's going to give me the highest ROI um, at the right time is key. And that's really been missing from a lot of experiences that carriers have built for their underwriters. And again, that's a role that, that's being filled more and more by, by MGAs today as well, is that where, where the carriers are pushing the uh, underwriting processing off to the MGAs and and doing so, what we might consider as, as rooting it, but doing so, you know, using the, the sorts of technologies that uh, Salesforce makes available. Well, well that's exactly right. And, and that's something where Salesforce is on a journey. You know, there's been some initial releases uh, for this type of work. I see only investment in the near term in making this um, a lot more sophisticated. It always gets interesting. You know, some people want to use Salesforce for the entire submission process and, and, and even all the way through to policy issuance. And that's something that's 
a really awesome offering now through Salesforce Industries to think that you can have one technology stack that coordinates that omni-channel intake, that routes the work, that can offer straight through processing for your simpler business and route to experts the things that are not and have a desktop experience, a workbench, if you will, available to them. And then on the back end, issue those policies, build them and complete complete the cycle is really, really attractive. Others still want to have their legacy policy admins and, and other pieces in play, and that's okay. Salesforce can still act as that system of engagement and that aggregator, if you will, to truly build up the customer 360. Because it's very common for many of these carriers, for these policyholders, these accounts, to have business in more than one policy admin system. And so this really just helps people know, who are you um, and how can I better take care of you? And what follows from that is the need for optimizing communications internally and externally. I asked Doug how Salesforce can make channel communications more efficient. Well, it's a great question. There's actually a variety of ways within carriers, you know, tools like Chatter. I, I suspect that here in the very near future, tools like Slack will be coming into play for teams to collaborate um, around books of business or individual submissions. Other ways, of course, are through our, our partner communities. Um, the ability to, for an underwriter, for example, to send questions back over to their agent or the account team on the agency side and have seamless communication that way. The other thing that we're seeing too is, and, and folks, I think a lot of times think about Salesforce through a carrier lens, is that we have a producer desktop solution as well. And so we're increasingly seeing, especially with top 100 agencies, if they've got a good sized book of business, if they've got a really strong partner on the carrier side, they're building those point-to-point -point API connections between the two so that the producer never needs to leave his or her desktop in Salesforce. The underwriter has their own workbench in Salesforce, and that unlocks an unbelievable ability to communicate back and forth while not leaving your native system. I want to come back to the expense ratio. We touched on that earlier. And... I mean, if, if carriers, particularly PNC carriers, can can crack that nut, um, then they would be well on the road to um, a profitability, which has been elusive to to say the least for a long time. What kind of impact can Salesforce Industries have on that on the expense ratio? Well, I think it goes back to that theme from the beginning of the call, Chris, which is really around what do you do after you've been successful with automation. And that capacity play, when I'm talking to most business leaders is, all right, look, we, we, we aren't in a place where we're looking at a direct expense reduction. We wanna grow and we've gotta keep the lights on. We've gotta maintain certain service levels. But this concept of throwing bodies, especially underwriting, whether again, you're a carrier and MGA, is a model that just doesn't scale. And so to be able to bring automation to the right pieces of the process, have a really motivated and, and loyal workforce that enjoys using the tools and provides back to the policyholder and the agent a really easy and timely experience, 
um, is going to be the one that ultimately leads to growth at a flat or a reduced expense ratio. So it's kind of twofold. You've got the, the front side, which is, hey, these experiences are going to lead to better retention. They're going to lead to more loyal agents submitting more high quality business. So your top line is going to grow. On the flip side, that should also equate to a much higher bottom line because you no longer have the equivalent that you're throwing at it from an expense ratio standpoint. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So you get the best of both worlds. Break out the crystal ball and uh, dust it off, Doug, because I'm going to ask you a final question about where you see the underwriting process being in 10 years time, one decade. Now that's a, a lifetime in technology, but what do you think it's going to look like? You know, I, I love that question. It is a lifetime in technology. The interesting thing though is insurance historically has moved slower than everybody else at adopting it. Where do I think we'll be? I think a much larger than expected portion of business in the non-personalized market segments is going to be automated. Uh, I think you'll see those big investments in retention and midterm endorsements. They'll make their way into new business. It'll start with things like shorter applications, but it is going to be the extreme cases of needing a human touch and art and science of underwriting that's going to see a human being and everything else is going to go straight through. I think there's going to be an awakening, a realization, if you will, that so much data doesn't even need to be asked for upfront because it's going to be available through a third party or someone else that can uh, supplement the submission process. And I think the days of using email and, and shared inboxes to submit that work and to manage that work um, are going to be a relic. And people are going to look back and, and think, gosh, do you remember when we back when we used to do X, Y, and Z? Mm -hmm. uh, and they're going to laugh about it and they're going to commiserate around that pain but it's going to be automated and it's going to be mobile and there's going to be 100% visibility into the process. And I think what you're going to see is some contraction in the market as a result of it, because some carriers are going to decide not to make this investment, Chris, and they're going to see their books shrink. Um, will they all be surviving in 10 years? Hard to say, um, but I think you're going to see more of that premium move towards the carriers that are willing to make that investment in automation. So you've heard the arguments for why insurance carriers and MGAs have plenty to gain from digital transformation and by the same token, plenty to lose by failing to adopt it. Those companies that have embraced technology are characterized by accelerating growth in sales and premium revenue. InsureTechs have reimagined distribution. Technology-powered MGAs are finding and mining niche markets with greater and faster capabilities and insurance carriers are focusing on designing and bringing to market new products faster than ever and with far less cost involved. Salesforce Industries is providing the technology for insurers to create seamless integration of systems, automated processes, clear and adept channel communication, with the net result being efficient and streamlined operations. Costs are contained or reduced while business grows. You've been listening to Ahead of the Curve, produced by Gerent. Special thanks to Doug Stitzer, Global Director for Insurance Industry Advisors at Salesforce, for contributing his knowledge and expertise to make this episode possible. Our technical producer is Dave Grine, owner of the Acme Podcasting Company in Toronto, Canada. I'm Chris Henry. Thanks for listening. <laughs>